You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dengel. Now, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Ryan Dengel. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. There, there, there's my dog, Hester. He's right there for all of you audio-only listeners. You can't see my small little fluffy dog. Uh, my wife and I actually got to see Devin Hester return. It was one of the games he returned to in a game, and she said, yep, that's it. That's our dog's name. So there he is. I'm going to bring in the assistant editor of Bears Wire, Brendan Shagru. If you want to find Brendan on Twitter, you can hit him at Brendan Shagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Hi, Brendan. How are you, buddy? I'm doing okay, man. Today sucked, and uh, I'm, I'm on the tail end of a cold. So the past week has really kind of sucked. So if I sound a little, like, you know, nasally or groggly or whatever, it's not because I've been crying because of the Bears game. I mean, it is kind of part of that, but it's also because I've just haven't been feeling the greatest. And today's game just did not help at all. How are you? I'm I'm elated. Uh, I I think Justin Ooh. Fields Justin Fields proved that like you you need to keep this guy around. I actually think that him sitting for a couple weeks was maybe a really good thing for him. Um, and Luke Getzey, for the most part, until the very end of the game, called a good game that highlighted Justin's talents and. We keep draft position, so I'm pretty happy. And I know you and Jack are ready. I wish Shells was going to be here tonight because I would have some backup, but it's okay. We're all going to still be friends at the end of this. But let's bring in Jack Wright. If you want to find Jack on Twitter, it's at BearDownJack. Hi, Jack. How are you, dude? I'm, I'm kind of bummed because the Bears lost, and I'm a big fan of the Chicago Bears. And when they lose a game, I get kind of like upset about it. So I'm – curious about the elated part but i know we'll get into it i'm super happy that you know brendan your voice sounds great it's smooth like chocolate pudding it's perfect it's chocolate pudding smooth <laughs> i was trying to just come up kind of, with a, every, i don't know every, all <laughs> i think about coffee. pudding and all i think about is 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 cosby and then it's just it's just bad like i can't like, like pudding like it just it's a bad name forever because yeah. of Bill cosby pudding pops are forever are forever <laughs> All right, I did. I did not have Bill Cosby being on my bingo sheet for today night show. This we is great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? What else? Yeah. What else is going to happen tonight? Who? Who has any idea? <laughs> Jack, how about you? How about this? Because I think we're all rearing to go. Why don't you thank our wonderful sponsors at Hensel's and Sheridan's, and then after that, I think it's going to be gloves off, free for all. We're all going to be friends at the end of it, but it might test it just a little bit. <laughs> uh, this, the, the love is endless and cannot be unbroken. So I went this week actually to uh, to Hensel's in Naperthrill uh, and uh, got my hair did and my, my beard trimmed up. So you should go too. Uh, you can go to Sheridan's Barbershop, which is located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. They've been serving the community for 69 years with six barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to Sheridan's 
barbershop.com, or you can call 630-668-0137. If the majestic town of Wheaton is too far for you, you'd rather go to Naperville, otherwise known as Naper Chill or Naper Thrill, if you're yours truly, then you can go to Hensel's. They just opened a new barbershop there. It's terrific. It's right downtown. It's located in Naperville. It's been open since 1966. They have six barbers. They're open Tuesday through Saturday. You can walk in. You can make an appointment. I usually get online on their app and make an appointment. Book yours today. You can go to henselsbarbershop.com and use the slogan, uh, where traditional meets modern and tell them that the, the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast sent you. Oh, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Oh boy. I'm that guy. I'm that Take guy. That L, baby. Right. So, so, so how about this, Brennan, why don't you give us our breakdown so that in that point we can, we can talk about all the things going on. Cause I know you've got a good breakdown for us about how the game went and then we can, we can, uh, we can get into this thing. So Brennan, give me just one second. I got to get this technology rolling and let's hear it, baby. We go live to the Paris of the Midwest, that apparently is a real nickname, for AKA Detroit, Michigan, for the latest installment of Animal Warfare between the Bears and the Lions. And while the Lions call Ford Field home, it was the Bears who honored the stadium and the company first by having the Foreman get the first score. Deontay Foreman, that is. The Bears went up 7-0 and had a chance to increase their lead when the Tyreek Stevenson Expressway was jammed up after he picked off a pass. But the Bears couldn't keep the Lions from sleeping Tonight, Detroit attacked on the next possession and went all NCIS on their ass thanks to Jameer Leroy Jethro Gibbs to knock things up at seven apiece. A field goal wasn't enough to keep the lead for the Bears either going into halftime as Amon Ross St. Brown let his light shine down on the Lions to take a 14-10 lead. The third quarter was all Bears though as Justin Fields reminded us that the DJs got us falling in love again with a long touchdown score to make it 20-14. And Detroit was feeling thankful this time of year as they gave away a fumble they gave away an interception to keep the Bears in the lead. It truly is the season of thanks, people. And because of that, the Bears felt they needed to return the favor. Up by double digits with four minutes left, Jared turned your head and Goff delivered a shot of Jamison Williams right down the throat of the defense to pull the Lions back in. And before you know it, old friend David Montgomery Burns made sure it was the blurst of times by completing the comeback. Lions win 31-26. As a serious question, how do you think David Montgomery feels? Like, I, I mean, I guess they don't get the, like, they offered him pretty good money. They wanted him to stick around, but, like, he kind of had that, like, chip on his shoulder. Like, ah, I'm so angry at the Bears. I want to show them. But, like, that's really good retribution for a guy, but, like, I still don't think the Bears did him dirty or anything along those lines. What do you guys got to think about that? So I, I was actually, it's funny you say this because I was going back and forth with our guy Ant uh, from the Irish Bears show, and he kind of had the same question. He was asking, like, you know, do the Bears, does David Montgomery really have to hold those, like, you know, those down feelings or whatever? And my thinking is just, yeah, a little bit because any guy's going to take any sort of motivation they can get to use it to his advantage. And in David Montgomery's mind, he wasn't paid what he thought he should have been paid with the Bears. Yes, he gets a good deal with the Lions and he gets a he goes to a better situation, but it's like you were drafted by a team, you spent your first 4 years there, 
And then when, you know, time comes to talk about an extension, they say, no, we don't want you at that price. Like we, we have a certain value for you and you value yourself like maybe a little bit higher. And so that can definitely stick with somebody. Like I think, you know, from the outside, you can say that Montgomery has like no reason to feel any ill will. And he probably doesn't, but he at the same time wants to use that for motivation to just show the bears that they made a mistake by not resigning him. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like if he wants to be mad, that's fine. And the bears made a good choice for the bears at that particular time. We have a stable full of running backs that are effective. Um, I don't think he is so far better than anybody that's on the roster that there's any regret on the part of, of bears fans or the bears themselves. So you want to be mad, be mad. I, you know, I've said before, you want to throw your old team under the bus that reflects more on you than it does the team that you once were rostered by. Did he throw them under the bus though? Yeah. Both him and Roquan have uh, had choice words for, for the bears. I didn't think Montgomery's because I think he said something like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's cool to be in this situation or whatever. I think he said, like, I got all love for Chicago, but this is what it is. I, I maybe I just missed something. I thought Roquan's words were so much more egregious than, than Montgomery's, but maybe I'm missing something. Well, I mean, it, it, the hard part is that, I mean, neither one of them would be wrong in what they're saying. I mean, both of them have an opportunity in which to win, and the Bears are in a highly dysfunctional franchise. Like, yeah, you know, Jack, going back to your point, like you want the Bears to win. I'm sitting there at the end of the game. I'm holding my my two-month-old daughter, like bouncing her up and down, like, hey, this could be awesome. Like I literally looked at the end of this game as a win-win situation. If the Bears win, awesome. It's it's a chance to to, to change the narrative that Matt Eberflus is – 0-9 against the, the NFC North. He's only got six wins in two seasons that he can't make halftime adjustments. But instead, they fall apart. They lose. They keep draft position. I think I walked away with this more than anything else, just looking at Justin Fields going, damn, when you put this guy in this position that Luke Getzey put him in for 99% of the game until the very last drive or second to last drive, uh, this guy can win a lot of football games for you. You give him the opportunity to run. You call some really smart design run plays. Uh, you, you get him out of the pocket. You get him moving. That long ball to DJ Moore was gorgeous. And then it fell apart. And so Bears lose. We keep better draft position. And Matt Eberflus is going to get packed and leave at some point. So I, I saw it as a win-win. There's no such thing. You know, I love you, Ryan, but there's no such thing as a win-win. You either win or you lose. Honestly, I can only think of one instance in which a loss is productive, and that's if you've been like winning five, six, seven plus straight games, and you're kind of feeling yourself, and you're no longer uh, self-scouting, and you maybe take your foot off the gas just a little bit. Sometimes in those situations, a loss can be the punch in the face that you need to improve. But the only way that you're going to win a building culture or build a winning culture is to win football games. There's no way around that to stack some wins with the guys that are on this team. And so I don't understand, honestly, and again, maybe <laughs> I just can't wrap my head around a loss ever being a win because it's not. It's just not. Because Matt Eberflus can take this culture talk all he wants and pack his bags and go. 
He's terrible head coach. Oh, He's a win. really, really good defensive coordinator. I got a, I get full credit minus the meltdown that that happened in the fourth quarter again this season. Right, that that has continually happened this entire season. They get worse and worse as the game goes on. Right. He's proved he's not a head coach. He has no business sitting in the head seat. And when the Bears continue to lose these games down the stretch, which they will, right, then he's going to get fired. And then maybe we can bring in a coach that doesn't talk about culture, but actually breeds it and breeds winning. That's 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 what I'm, that's why I think it's a win. Yeah, but the problem is, man, like this was this was the game to change the narrative of like all of narratives for Ibraflus. You get your first signature win against not only a divisional opponent, but a really good divisional opponent on the road. You stack wins for the first time in your career as somebody who has not been able to win two games. And you do it with your quarterback coming back and having himself a great day. Like this was the chance to show that maybe this guy could actually build to something and maybe have some sort of sustained success and have these next seven games be something where you can build on for the future. It sucks knowing that once again, we, we were here two years ago, guys, we we're having the same goddamn conversation about a head coach that had way more success that we were all fed up with. And now we're talking about starting over again and you can't even handle any sort of shred of success. And Ryan, I think you contradict yourself a little bit when you're talking about like, this is a great win because of not only draft position, but Justin Fields, all this does is put another nail in the coffin that he's going to be playing somewhere else because you can't, you can't keep losing and bring in another coach and another potential front office, probably just a coach, and then have him say, okay, you're going to win with Justin Fields now for his third head coach in what would be four years, I believe. That doesn't work. That's not going to work. They didn't do that with Matt Eberflus. They hired a defensive-minded head coach and Luke Getze, who, hey, works with Aaron Rodgers, who is nothing like Justin Fields, doesn't, doesn't do that. Now you have an opportunity for Ryan Poles, who you guys have said, he's a really smart guy. And I agree for the most part that I think he's done more positive than he has done negative. And so now it's your opportunity. Bring in an offensive-minded coach that that will take Justin's skill set and run with it. Instead of you know Luke Getze, who has again, I think today he called a really good game, but has been so wildly inconsistent in playing to players' strengths. And 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 so so yes, I I, I don't I, I hear what you're saying, Brennan, but I'm not. I like this guy is not it. And I think to some extent, you guys have a little bit of Stockholm syndrome. Like you're so like jarred as Bears fans, and you've been doing this that you're like, you know what? Let's stick with a guy that keeps losing football games because you know hold what? On, I think hold, on, might, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. No, I'm not saying I want to stick with him. I'm not on that plan right now. I'm saying this was a chance to change the narrative and to actually build on something and maybe have a conversation at the end of the year. That's I'm not I'm not saying like Ibraflus is a good coach by any means because today just further proved that he's not. I'm saying that now you're hitting the restart button and because of that, because of where the Bears are at and likely having those draft picks and everything, a new head coach and a GM like Ryan Poles is most likely going to move on from Justin Fields. And that sucks because he is so damn talented and he is somebody who I think you can build a team around, but it's like at some point now you're heading into those, you know, um, possible extension talks and you have to, you know, but, determine whether he's going to have a fifth year option. Like the, the clock is not lining up now and it just, it feels like it's going to have to be a full restart. And that sucks for somebody like Fields. That's I, all I'm saying. I get- 
I get what you're saying, but but I also think that if he continues, as as you put out in one of your tweets, that uh, the three of his last four games, he has over 100 quarterback rating. If he continues to do that down the stretch, now you you look at those two picks, which could be both in the top five, right? And you say Marvin Harrison Jr. and then an offensive tackle, and you keep fields, like... I, I mean, what what head coach, what new head coach wouldn't Ben Johnson would wouldn't love walking into that situation? It, it's possible. I'm not saying it's impossible. It just feels like the more that you kind of get down that road, it's just more unlikely, which sucks. I know. And there was the report that came out today from Ian Rappaport saying the Bears, like last year, would need to be blown away by one of these quarterbacks. Who knows if that's going to happen with Caleb Williams, Drake May, or even even somebody else like Michael Penix or. God forbid, Bo Nix. I don't know. Um, so I, there is a path. It's just a very narrow path that you got to wind through to get, you know, to actually get to the end to. And I just don't know. It's it's going to be very hard. I just think it's going to be very hard if a new head coach comes in to kind of sell them on that. Like, hey, you got this guy right here. We're going to have to make a decision on him right away. Or you can mold this other guy as a rookie who has maybe a lot of the same skill sets and start from scratch and give your, give yourself more time. I, I totally understand both sides of it, but I'm thinking from like an, a general manager standpoint, as well as a coach who maybe wants to like extend his job and give himself job security. It just feels like rookie that's is, be the path. A rookie yeah. is cheaper too, significantly cheaper yes. than, than yes. yeah, that makes sense. I got you. I mean, I don't know. I just, maybe we have Stockholm syndrome, but I, I'm not sure what the syndrome would be for you, right? Maybe it's like, I want Matt Eberflus fired more than anything in the world syndrome because you think that a loss and firing a head coach is somehow good for the Bears. Another fired head coach. Like that's been some sort of like remedy for this franchise over the last five to seven years. Roll it back again. Fire another freaking head coach. Bring in another head coach. I mean, it's just a merry-go-round. How how is it a good thing? Wouldn't it have been a good thing if the Bears won? And to Shigeru's earlier point, like Flus starts to show that he's got killer instincts at the end of the game, and that he clearly rallied that defense together and clearly had a plan against the Detroit Lions, a plan against the Detroit Lions to have us in a game that nobody would have ever expected us to have been in, and and a team who still hasn't quit on him. Still, after a full year of a rebuild last year where they took it on the chin every single game, today's Bears defense came to play. They thumped and they created turnovers, and we were in a game we should have never been in. So the trajectory would have been Bears win, flu stacks two wins, we don't hire another freaking head coach, and the rebuild continues. That's a win, not your scenario. Dude, Jack, do you do you hear what you're saying? It didn't happen, Jack. It doesn't happen. This guy doesn't win football games. I, I, he might be a wonderful human being that I would love to give hugs and have long conversations with. If he was a Bears defensive coordinator, I'd be stacked about it. But he's won six games in two years, man. I don't, I don't understand why you love this guy. Why oh, you're no, all no, about? No. Don't do that. Why, no. Yes, do you that. do. Yes, no, you do. No, continue no. like, let's let the rebuild happen. Let Matt Eberflus continue to F this team up because he's not no. doing it. He's no, not winning. He's not winning. This Two is things. the only thing. It's a, it's a, it's hold on. It is, it's a performance based. 
if, it, if this were college, if this were high school, we're having different conversation. He's got culture in the locker room. It doesn't matter when it comes to the pros. It's wins and losses. This guy has no idea how to win a football game. And the, and the biggest sign of that is today and the, Den- and the Denver Broncos. His teams fell apart. He, he it's, it's, oh, if, uh, if I, I have to be careful and uh, let's kick field goals when it's, when it's fourth and one against the Detroit Lions, which you know they continually play well in the fourth quarter and you don't. You know what? You're right. And then, and then run two of the exact same run plays up the gut for no yards, then throw it, chuck it deep for 26 seconds and hand the ball back to Detroit. That's terrible coaching. This guy has got it. I don't know what you see in him that makes you want to keep this dude around. No idea. I've never said I wanted to keep him around. I'm just not in the club of it's all Fluce's freaking fault. Like that's so not nuanced. It's unbelievable. Two things. One, I said we should hire an offensive coordinator or an offensive minded coach, just like you did. And as time plays out, I regret it more and more that that's not the guy that we hired. It's clear that if any franchise needs to to hire an offensive-minded head coach, it's the Bears who have never gotten the quarterback position right. I said that from the start, and I've said that to this very day. That's one. I just really dislike the narrative that somehow Flus is a terrible coach and that it's all on him. I rewatched the last the last series. On the very first play, first and ten. Eddie Jackson misses a tackle that allows a first down. He could have stuffed him at the seven, and instead he did not. That entire series, Eddie Jackson has more missed tackles, more missed plays, and more errors than I have seen any player make all year long. Jalen Johnson drops two interceptions. Tyler Scott doesn't run underneath a deep ball that he could have caught for a touchdown. And I can continue to go on and on and on. My only point, is that big players make big plays in big games. And we continually have people on this roster who do not make those big plays in those big games. I've not seen Matt Eberflus play any free safety. I don't know if he's any good at it. I don't think he probably would have gotten beat over the top in their prevent offense at the end of the game. But Eddie Jackson got beat. So why does Eddie Jackson bear no responsibility? Why does Jalen Johnson bear no responsibility? Why does Tyler Scott bear no responsibility? It's not all on Eberflus. He's the same guy who kept us in this game. That was his game plan. That was his defense that caused those turnovers. Same guy. And that guy kept us in the game till the end. And that's the truth. Did he not have killer instincts? Did did Getsy screw it up at the end by being too conservative? Absolutely right. Then that's on Getsy. But it is not all Matt Eberflus's fault. They're still rebuilding the roster. It's only the first year of the rebuild. I'm not saying he should be kept. I'm just tired of him taking all of the freaking blame. It's stupid. If he continually puts his players in the wrong position, then guess what? That's bad coaching, right? So if Eddie Jackson keeps missing tackles, you got to take him out and put somebody else in. Or maybe, maybe it's just possible that you're that you're coaching people up the wrong way. If they're if they continually making wrong plays or in wrong positions or doing the wrong thing, that falls on coaching. Now, Jack, your point is incredibly well made, dude, and I totally agree with you. I don't think it's all Matt Eberflus, but I've just dude i just don't see how you how you can think that his trajectory is going to get the bears to be a winning team you and i both 
wholeheartedly want this team to win. Brendan wants this team to win. Shells does, right? Logan does. Every Bears fan, anyone that's watching this, wants this team to win. But this guy isn't sending us on the rebuild or the trajectory that we want it to. And I just don't see how, if you're out on him, then I don't understand why why we're wasting our time. Like, why you think wasting our time with him is a good idea? I, I'm befuddled by that. Because I just, I, I don't see any value of this continued BS fire fire people into the sun mentality. It makes no sense to me to continue to do that. Maybe he's the placeholder like the guy before Joe Madden was or you know other situations that you might want to bring up. And if that's the case, that's just fine. But I, I simply don't understand why it is that a guy who – who was the head coach and is also now the defensive coordinator who watched his entire roster get basically chucked, you know, into the garbage as it should have been. I mean, you don't think that polls didn't go to him before last year and say, Hey bud, listen, we're going to hire you, but also BT dubs. We're going to strip this thing down to the absolute studs. And we're going to need you to try to stick with it for us. We're going to need to try to have you continue to develop these players. And Flus is like, okay, I will do that. I will do the best I can to continue to try to build success here. And he's probably trying to do that this year as well. So, yeah, certainly there are flaws. And I'm not saying that they should retain him. I just don't know. In this game especially, when I look at players and the misplays and the ways that they let the Bears down, then I don't understand why. It's it's just too easy to go along with everybody else on Twitter that says Flus needs to be fired tomorrow. I just think that's BS because Eddie Jackson should be fired tomorrow. And Jalen Johnson had two interceptions. And Tyler Scott should finish the game by catching that deep ball. Tyler Scott had a bad football game, a Maybe. very, very bad football game. Brennan, I'm sorry, buddy. We, we kind of took that over. I know you want to throw in your two cents. Please do. No, it's fine. I mean, I, I do understand what Jack's saying because I, I fall into this trap too. It's so easy to just go at the low reach, low reaching fruit, low hanging fruit, Jesus, low hanging um, fruit. We got you. We got low hanging you. fruit. Yeah, whatever. Um, and just blame the coaches, and you know, or blame just like one specific player or whatever. It is, it is everybody. I mean, Jack does have a point where you know guys miss tackles and certain guys are in position. But if you were, if we were having this conversation last year, hundred percent agree that like, hey. You know, this team is still learning how to like, they're learning how to win still. And this team was like stripped to the bare bones and they have to kind of like work themselves back up. It's it's a full year later. Like we could basically look at this game now and look at what happened last year against really the Lions or the Dolphins or whatever. And these late game collapses. And it's just a theme at that point. It's a pattern. Like who has Matt Eberflus actually beaten with these six wins? A Niners team in the rain with Trey Lance, Davis Mills, Texans, um, B- Bill Belichick, I guess. That's the, the best one with Mac Jones, not, you know, playing dirty. Um, Sam Howell and the Commanders who just got – who just lost to the Giants today. <laughs> the Raiders, the Josh McDaniels Raiders, and then the Panthers. Like, you have not beaten anybody of substance here. And the things I look for – not only are the fourth quarter, but also let's go back to this first half, the end of the first half, another prevent defense situation that the bears let the Lions just drive down the field. And Jack, you even texted me about it. Like, Hey, they're about to do the double dip. And thankfully they didn't, but that game could have easily gone up to 21 10 with the Lions scoring right at the end of the half. And then getting the ball at the start of the third quarter, Matt Eberflus and this staff, whether it's him, whether it's him with his players, whatever, 
they don't know how to like work in these crunch time situations. Two minute drill, whether where they're on offense or defense, in at the end of the first half or the fourth quarter, and that to me is a staff issue. Like you don't have your team ready to go. Maybe you're not calling the right plays, but at the same time, like. This is more than just like an isolated incident, man. This is a pattern, and they have changed guys over, and they've gotten fully healthy. Like, this is the healthiest team that's been out there this whole entire season. And, I mean, like, I want to read this quote. Um, Kelly Rowe, who covers uh, the Lions for Pride of Detroit, she said, uh, Dan Campbell on the defense, quote, I actually went down there and said, it just doesn't get any better than this. This is what you want to be in right now. Game on the line. You got a chance to make the big stop. He could be angry, upset, but he's living in the moment and just truly loves the game. And then she says, imagine you're losing to a 3-7 and seven team, have played terribly, you're mad, stressed, and your coach comes up to you, not angry, but genuinely passionate about it. Like, you guys, this is what playing is about. That's a different level of inspiring your players. Yeah, we don't get that. No. <laughs> we we don't get that at all from Mr. Uh, you know, just Mr. Right. All right. Right. So <laughs> Jack Jack is a genuine like I promise there's there's no subtext here like true question. You've called plays before. You have two opportunities in fourth and one, right? Against a Detroit Lions team that you know has turned it around on a couple people. Do you kick two field goals there in both of those situations, fourth and one, uh, in their territory? Uh, I'm going to answer that. I just wanted to mention, though, on the double dip, though, Brendan, you're right. I did text you about that. And then it, what was really kind of wild was that the, the Lions scored before half. But then the Bears stopped them out of the gate in the second half, which was pretty cool and impressive. Yeah, that's so not crunch time. It's not crunch True. time. True. But, I mean, I guess I was expecting it to be all of a sudden 21-10, and it wasn't. So that was – that was a pleasant surprise. Um, yeah, no, I think we talked about, I can't remember what week it was that we were talking about the end of the game. I mean, maybe it was after Denver and then we started watching other people's end of game aggressiveness. Uh, I can't remember if it was the Chargers or the Rams or who it was, but they were ahead and they were deep in their own territory and they still, I mean, they still went deep. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think the idea of keeping the, your foot on the gas and, and, and trying to bury the team, especially when, you know, you've got almost, you know, got three wins on the year. Uh, again, I, I don't think I am in agreement with people's frustration at the end of the game. And I agree with you that this has been a pattern that is disconcerting Denver and now here. Um, we had gone for another fourth down situations. And actually, Rojo had a couple of great runs on fourth down situations. And I believe we were I think we're hundred percent on fourth down as well. So, so yeah, I mean, there, there is definitely like, you know, I mean, I don't know. It, you can see that it permeates the team, right. That it's like, instead of a, you know, somebody grabbing someone by the helmet and saying, let's bury them right now. Obviously there's like a hold up everybody. If we just hang on for dear life, we might still win this game. But again, I guess, what would you expect with a team that's, They've lost. They, that's what they seemingly like know how to do right now. Like it's going to take some major like like switch of like a, a flip of a switch to be able to start gaining that momentum. And that's why, again, I think a win would have really helped this week, especially with the, the schedule they're facing the next couple of weeks, which is pretty brutal. One thing that I came away with with both of those calls is that Cairo Santos is in conversation for the best Bears kicker of all time. And I mean that sincerely. I, I, I think I know a lot of people were pining for Robbie Golds uh, at the beginning of this season and definitely last season. I'm not. 
Cairo Santos, man, is I think his leg has gotten slightly stronger and his just his consistency. He's missed one field goal this entire season. That's awesome. And you ask, you know, 31 other teams how they would feel about Cairo Santos being the kicker. I think they would they would love that guy right now. It's like having know. a great closer on a shitty baseball team. <laughs> great. Uh, it's it's funny because it's true. All right. So, boys, we uh, we kind of gone all over the place. Um, do we want to go to Outhouse Penthouse or is there anything else you want to do before before we get to that? I'm good with that. Anything else? Do we have nuggets? We'll do those later or what else? Yeah, uh, I, I think there's a lot of other things that I would like to talk about sure, and the things yeah. that we missed, but, yeah. but I just feel like maybe maybe we get to the outhouse penthouse. And, you know, I I, I, I will say this one last time, Jack, in, in, in truthfulness, I'm sitting there holding my kid as close to the TV as I can possibly get, jumping up and down, hoping that they do it. I, I, oh man, to be that guy. And this is, this is, I'm going to get some heat for this because I loved the way that Justin Fields played this game. But I was about to text you guys all incoming Justin Fields turnover with the 30 seconds left. And I didn't because I didn't want to be, I, I knew we were already on like a very thin line of like friendship, like punches being thrown. But I just, but he well, you, just, you might you know as well I mean? like, have, you, you, I, you might as well have, you practically lost. Uh, this uh, game. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, all, like, look, in that part, that, that part. My fault. that um look yeah that turnover sucked and of course like darnell Wright, who's playing hurt had a great game against aiden hutchinson too and then he just has one bad play and fields doesn't really bad play like it's just that i it's that one as far as like fumbles go i don't really know if i blame fields because hutchinson came out of nowhere like right away It, it just felt like he had no time whatsoever to process it but um yeah i just i think i tweeted out i was like well Justin, I was like, it's it shouldn't be on you, Justin Fields, but it is. Like, yep. you know, let's see what we can do. And then first play, that was it. Yep. All right, boys, it's time to go to the outhouse and the penthouse. The outhouse and the penthouse is brought to you by our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. Now, folks, are you thinking about buying a house? Are you thinking about maybe taking your business from online to in person. You're a business owner. You are a homeowner, an investor. What are you thinking about? If you are, reach out to our guy, Jeff Cadwallader. He is the absolute and utter best. Jeff Cadwallader with SVN Landmark. Give him a call. Give him a text. 630-254-4734. Jeff will take care of it. Visit GenevaJeff.com. Check out to see what he's got going on for you. See how he can help you out. I'm telling you, you will not regret it. Even if you have a question, right? Jeff's the no pressure guy. Uh, what would this be like? Text Jeff. Text him right now and see what's going on. If you do talk to Jeff, you got to let him know that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast say hello. Now, boys, I, I, you know, I think there was a lot of good in this game. I really, really, really do. And so, how about for for when we go to the penthouse, give an honorable mention, right? So, um, or maybe let's do this. Let's all give our penthouses, and at the end, each of us can go back and give an honorable mention. Does that work? Awesome. All right. So it is time to hit to the outhouse first. So let's go outhouse Jack, Brendan, and I will finish it up. Outhouse boys. Yeah. I mean, it's probably pretty obvious to everybody, but Eddie Jackson is in my outhouse. Um, he, uh, he's not very good at football. Uh, he's not. So if you've got a guy who's not good at coverage, who gets no pass deflections, who is out of position, who doesn't tackle, he was tackling David Montgomery by his head 
at the end of the game on the winning touchdown. Eddie Jackson fired a gap. He fired the gap that the running back went through and laid him. Didn't, didn't tackle him. Um, I think his exit will be a major part of a cultural shift for the bears. They need guys like him gone. Uh, I would go so far as to say that he shares as much responsibility for the loss of this game as y'all like to put on flus. He was bad, really freaking bad. Eddie Jackson in my outhouse. Well, my outhouse is a very special mention this week. It goes to Ryan Dangle because Ryan Dangle jinxed us. He is the reason we lost. It was not Maddie Refluse. It was not Eddie Jackson. It was Ryan Dangle. Uh, at 2.38 p.m. today, right after the Bears scored their last field goal, Ryan Dangle texts us in the Bear Down Chicago podcast group chat, quote, last week was an angry win. This was a real win against a really good football team. Why would you say such a thing? Knowing just what this team is like, I was so mad. I'm like, as soon as I said that, I was like, Jesus Christ, Dangle. I was like, you jinxed us all. And I was like, as soon as that happened, I knew that we were going to lose the game. So, um, no, my real outhouse goes to uh, Matt Eberflus, though. Just everything we talked about. And I do want to point out that our guy Bruja said that they took Montez Sweat out of the game in that first half. Um, two-minute drill defense that the Lions scored on. Like you have your best defensive lineman out of the game. It didn't think you know. Didn't seem like he was hurt. It was just a situational thing. What what are you doing? Like that's another personnel issue that I don't agree with. So just everything. Thank yeah. <laughs> yes, everybody dangle that is bad form. Um, yeah. So Maddie Refluis is my real outhouse, but Ryan Dangle deserves a little shout out as well for for that just brutal jinx. Yeah, jinxes. They totally work. I had a lot to do with the outcome of that football game. You can hear my dog Hester squeaking his toy right now because he uh, he feels ex- – yeah, now he's panting. Uh, he feels really strongly about it. Um, yeah, I just – I mean, Matty Refluse has already taken. So I, I, I am so insanely frustrated with Luke Getze because he called what I think might be his best game as the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator – except for the last drive. You call Khalil Herbert up the drive, uh, up the gut twice, and the first one gets you no yards. You have one of the best like mobile scrambling quarterbacks who has run all over Detroit. Nah, let's not even give him an option to do it. Now, Tyler Scott takes full, full blame for that. Just like, hey, I'm going to slow up. Oh, if I would have kept running, Justin Fields would have hit me perfectly in stride. Um, but I just, Luke, I, I said it, Luke gets, gets he shit the bed uh, at the, when it really counted. And I just think that's emblematic of this coaching staff. All right, boys, let's go. Same order. Let's go penthouse. So I am, as you all know, on the TJ Edwards fan club this year. I just... I'm so excited for the way he's played. I love it that he's a local kid. You know, there was a little bit of like back and forth this week because the Ravens were on Thursday night, you know, and they're talking about, you know, the top three tacklers. Anyway, I mean, Edwards is just, he's such a stud. He had another nine tackles today. He had a pass deflection and he had an INT. So, man, I mean, I love TJ Brooks, but this time TJ Edwards is my guy. 
Oh man, this is easy. It's Justin Field. I want to do like the Michael Irvin, Ryan Clark thing where he's like, but I got to give it to him. Justin Fields. Like seeing him come back and operate that offense so effectively, the quarter, the design quarterback runs, the fact that he stood in the pocket too and kind of took some of those hits. He was a little bit more, I'd say, decisive than we've seen in the past where he's actually, you know, firing balls to receivers. Uh, that like rolling to the left, finding Mooney on that 24 yard um, out route, I think was just magnificent. Like he, for 99% of the game, I think you said that Ryan, Justin Fields was awesome. Like he, he just showed what kind of playmaker he was uh, 16 of 23, 169 yards. The yardage wasn't there, but I mean, he's not really a box score kind of guy. One touchdown um, only took two sacks. One of them was the last play of the game. So really, one sack throughout all of that. I think they had like 70 plays too. So I'll take that all day. And then he also added what 18 carries for 104 yards too, like just doing it all. Um, it was also his third game with a quarterback rating of over a hundred. He had 105.2. Um, that is his third out of the last four games. So it shows that he's stacking those, those solid performances on top of each other. So it was good to see Justin Fields do his thing. Um, I really hope he's a bear next year. I have, I just have no idea at this point. I hope he's a bear too. Plus then I don't have to sell my Jersey or just get rid of it. It's kind of a bummer. I mean, I kept my Khalil Mack Jersey, you know, and I don't feel bad about wearing it. So maybe I'll just do the same thing with the field. I still jersey. wear my old jerseys. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Um, you know, there's a lot of guys I could go Cairo Santos, but I'm going to go DJ Moore. You know, my wife just happened to catch part of the game and goes, oh, yeah, who's that guy? I'm like, it's a guy that we gave up a lot. We traded a lot to get, and it was worth every single penny. Watching him catch a deep ball, watching him take a screen um, a a long way, I just – worth every single penny, and I'm excited this guy's a bear for a little while. Boys, let's go honorable mentions. Honorable mentions, uh, same – I'll go with uh, Termaine Edwards. Wow, why is Ryan's saber so weird? (laughs) I like that though. Maybe he's just got like a bit of a crush on me, I guess. I mean, I mean, I would uh, get in line, right? Just kidding. Um, No, I I just, I think Tremaine Edwards had a a really great game. Save one missed tackle at the very end of the game that he had Gibbs dead to rights. And I think he also could have made a play there that would have stopped the drive. Um, But uh, it was nice to see. First of all, uh, Edmonds being healthy, had eight tackles, also had a pass deflection, and had an INT. Go Bears linebackers. Let's go. I really want to keep it on the linebacker train, but we have not really talked about this guy yet, and it's Tyreek Stevenson. Uh, Dude had himself a day, and I'm so happy to see it. Like he's had – he's been picked on a ton. He's, I think, the only starting corner that's played every single game um, for the Bears this year. And uh, so we got his first interception earlier in the game on an awesome just, well, I don't know if I'd say awesome, but a good collision by uh, by Jaquan Brisker on Sam Laporta. He finished with uh, four total tackles, three of them solo, also had another pass deflection, too. So he was really active and I think he had his best game of the season by far. And you love to see that from a rookie cornerback halfway through after they've been picked on and you kind of like, you know, start to start to refine your game a little bit. We saw it with Kyle Gordon last year and we might be seeing it with Tyreek Stevenson now. So that was really cool to see. 
Yeah, Brendan, you weren't around last week. I asked, is he going to be good? Because he's been picked on quite a bit. Uh, I think he answered that question emphatically this week. He, dang, it was a re- that's a really good pick. It was a really, really, really good game for him. Um, I want to go two, um, and I'm going to do it because I can. Cairo Santos, four for four and uh, two for two on extra points. That 53-yarder, that was a long one, and it was just right down the center. It's fun to watch. And then on the stat sheet, it's only three receptions for 20 yards. Cole Komet, man. I just, if that dude was on, you know, any other team, I think he's talked about a whole heck of a lot, but he's not. I just, the way he fights for extra yards, he's, he's getting better as a receiver. I'm just, I'm a Cole Komet fan. Where, where was he in the second half? I was going to bring that up. It's a, it's a great, great question. I mean, I, I, I think Justin had other opportunities to, to give to other people. I don't, you know, sometimes I think also too, his blocking ability gets lost. He doesn't show up on the stat sheet necessarily, but I think he's a pretty darn good blocker and they're using him in that capacity. Yeah, I, I, that's true. I, I guess I'd have to look and um, yeah, Matt points it out. Yannick hasn't been great this year. He had a couple nice uh, hurries that led to incompletions, but overall, like it just hasn't been the same. Uh, but yeah, I'd have to see like what Cole Komet's usage was, was if they used him more as a blocker, like they did Mercedes Lewis, or if he just didn't have that many opportunities. I don't know. Talking Tremaine Edmonds. That was a guy that again, last week, I, I, I a couple of people said, yeah, Trim, you know, Tremaine Edmonds sucks. And I was like, I, that is not what I said at all. I just, my, my point was that I think you could have gotten similar, not as good, but similar productivity from Jack Sanborn and spent that money in other places. But I think obviously, you know, he played really, really well and having him and Jack Sanborn, I just think Sanborn might be a better fit in the middle, but Tremaine Edmonds is definitely a better player. Does, does that make sense, boys? You get what I'm saying? Like, I, I am not angry about Tremaine Edmonds. I just, I just do wonder if that money could have been spelt, spent elsewhere. So I, I was listening a little bit or I caught up and uh, was listening to you guys last week. And I was just in my head. I was like, no, I was like, this isn't it. Like the, I wanted to like disagree with you guys so bad. Um, I, I do. I, I think Jack Sanborn is a good fit for the defense, but he's more of a North South player. And you saw it today with some of his, like his sacks or tackles for losses. Tremaine Edmonds is more of that East West kind of guy. Um, I think he did, did need to be better in pass coverage at certain times. Um, but he stretches the field or he can play that sideline to sideline role better than somebody like Jack Sanborn. Um, so I think in that sense, he is a better fit, but for the amount of money that you paid for him, I don't think he's living up to the contract. I think he's a fine linebacker, but it's certainly at this point, he's not worth the investment that you paid, but he fits what they're trying to do and what he can do in pass coverage. It's just Jack Sanborn's going to be a lot better kind of crashing the line of scrimmage and making those plays either at the quarterback or some of those like blown up screens or something. Gentlemen, anything that we missed, anything that we missed, let's go Jack Brennan and I'll finish it up. Anything that we missed boys. I have a question. I'm curious if, do we know anything more about the situation with Braxton Jones? Did he get pulled first and second? Did I hear him yell? Uh, I can't bleep and see. I thought there was like something was happening with his vision. I, I don't know if y'all heard anything more about what was happening there. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't fully listened to the. I haven't listened to the complete press conference yet, so I don't know okay. if it was, it was addressed. That was really weird. Was. That was like, yeah. I, it. I thought at first he was like. My first instinct was that he got um, pulled off because he was needing to be evaluated for a concussion mm-hmm. or something. Like somebody saw something, 
And he's just like, no, I just can't F and C. That's it. And he was like mad on the sidelines. But yeah, I don't know. He went back in, but that was the that was so weird. Yeah, I don't know if he lost his contacts or it was very odd and there was really no explanation. And then I, I, you know, I don't know again, like maybe we're a little bit, maybe I'm too redundant. I can drop it after this week, but I guess if Trenton Gill was two punts for 91 yards, it's a pretty good average, but I tweeted it and I'm just like on that punt, the first punt, it's gotta be inside the 20. It's gotta be inside the 20, either a you corner kick it. So your left gunner can get a shot at bouncing it back in or you're able to at least deaden the ball somewhere. Like, I know it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but that's what you play pay an NFL punter for. And we drafted the dude. So I'm just continually disappointed because in a game like that, especially today, field position, so crucial. And that would have been a huge, huge momentum changer to have pinned them inside the 20 on that punt. Uh, I got, I got a few. Um, First off, I meant to bring this up earlier, but we talk about the Bears not being aggressive at the most crucial moments. It really pisses me off when they are earlier in the game when like maybe it's not as much of consequence because I, you know, I'm just going through my notes. I love them going for it on fourth and one with that pass to DJ Moore. Like that is something where you're trusting your quarterback and your number one wide receiver to make a play like that. Why can't you do more of that? in some of those situations where you people know that you're going to run the ball instead of doing two handoffs off the middle, move the pocket a little bit, get the ball to your receiver, let your quarterback run and get yards because he's shown that no matter what he can do that. Don't be so predictable because it did work earlier. And we talked about the fourth down conversions, but how they got them, I think was really, really um, effective. Uh, We didn't talk about Lucas Patrick getting hurt. Uh, I thought that was very interesting because not only did they not go to Cody Whitehair, they went to Dane Feeney, but Fields and Feeney were not on the same page for a lot of that game. It was very – I understand because Feeney's only played like three snaps at center, and the last time that happened was week two, and you're playing in an environment that is so freaking loud. Like I've never heard Ford Field as loud as it was. Um, at least through the broadcast, it was crazy. Uh, but yeah, they were going after each other a little bit. They weren't on the same page. A lot of those delay games um, and, you know, getting down like right at the end of the play clock made me really, really nervous quite a few times. So uh, that's going to be something to monitor what uh, Lucas Patrick's status is going to be. Same thing for Deontay Foreman. He goes out. I think that changed their their dynamic a little bit. Um, you're right. Yeah. YGK, our guy that that hit should have been a flag. That was a blind side. Uh, there, there were a lot of hits that should have been flags, actually. A lot of hits on fields, that blindside block. I thought there was a face mask on one of the runs that wasn't called. Um, although I will also say Detroit really shot themselves in the foot as well with some of those crucial penalties that kept the Bears on the field on like those third downs and fourth downs. So that was, that was fun to not be on the other end of that. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I think that was, that was pretty much it. Um, yeah, pretty much just like the Dan Feeney stuff. And, you know, it'll we'll have to monitor the injuries with uh, Lucas Patrick and Deontay Foreman. Yeah, you're just not used to hearing Detroit fans so loud in a, in a game. Usually it's lots of Bears fans chanting, let's go Bears, because the lines have been bad for so long. And, you know, these two years they, they're playing well and it's 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 
it was loud and good good for them. They all had to hold up the the little threes because it's third down and you know, got to get people, you know, because it can't be the, the 12th man or fourth phase or whatever else it is, right? Because they got to do their thing. So um, I want to know, Fox, what was up with the game clock? Could you show me oh a God. normal game clock? Like, I'm like, wait, they have 28 seconds left? No, they have more than that. They have less than that? What's it going to be? Like, I, and it was like throughout the entire game, it, right? Am I crazy? No, you're not. That gave me so much anxiety, man. I hated it. I'm like, I can't see how much time's left. Um, I know Adam Amin's like calling it out a little bit, but when you see Detroit driving and you don't know how much time is left, like that's, that is like the scaries of the scary right there. Like I hated it. We, we didn't talk about the delay of game calls that, that just continually happened. Did we, did I miss that, that we talked about that? We, that was we bad. We didn't talk about it. And like on the first instance, the sideline called the timeout. And why they didn't do that the second time, I don't understand. I, I would put that in the category of 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 flus and coaching staff criticisms. You you don't get to like cash in your first half timeouts at the window for you know a beef sandwich on the way out the door. So go ahead and burn them like that. That's gotta be either gets or flus on the sidelines uh, in those situations. And clearly they're having issues with the noise and clearly they're having issues with the, you know, center quarterback communication. It sure looked like Khalil Herbert wasn't a hundred percent. And I, I was very excited about the Deonta Foreman, Khalil Herbert one, two punch and, you know, Foreman then going out being hurt. I'm excited that Roshan is here. Cause I kind of feel like the bears, Wasted is not the right pick at all. Ro- Roshan is is, is going to be a very good running back, but I just feel like with Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert, like I really like that one-two punch when those dudes are healthy. But because they have so many good running backs in their stable, I mean, I think you're going to get a lot of Roshan Johnson coming up here. Um, and I think I I, I might have been proven a little bit wrong uh, because I think he played really, really, really well. So that was kind of fun to see. Um, Yeah, Darnell Wright, we already talked about that, played really, really well against Hutch for most of the game, except the very, very last one when it kind of really counted, which is kind of a bummer. Um, And the last question that I have for you guys, Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, Drake May, who do you think will be the Bears' starting quarterback at the start of next season? I don't know, man. There's still so much... Like, I, I want to say, like, it sucks to say this, but I really want to give the cop-out answer and just say, like, let me see in after week 18 because, yeah, I know the Panthers lost again. I know the Bears lost. I think currently they hold the number one and number four picks. But I just sort of, like, need to get to that point to see what happens. I know with the college uh, quarterbacks, for the most part, they're done. Caleb Williams – probably won't be playing in a bowl game. He's done. He's had a terrible end of the season. Drake may better, uh, but is that somebody you can actually pick first overall? Um, I, I, I really have no idea. Like this is, I, I don't even want to give an answer. Cause I just like, there's so many possibilities that can happen. And I know that's a terrible answer, man. <laughs> I'm going to go. It'll be Justin Fields and um, Marvin Harrison jr. Will be on the roster. Who's the other See pick? That? What's that? Who's who's the other pick then? That's a good question, honestly. I mean, I still think that they should take a quarterback at some point, but but I think there's still the needs at O line and D line that you're going to fill, in my opinion. I I think you probably 
scout out the the draft for whoever you think is um, the best center, <laughs> or uh, we'll see what happens with Jones. I, you just need more depth at the O line. It's not going to be right until that O line is solid from left all the way to right, and we all I think we all know that and agree on that. So. Yeah, I, I think Braxton Braxton Jones wasn't the problem. Somewhere in the middle was the problem today. I, I, I texted these guys as a genuine question asking. It seemed like, especially when the Bears were trying to run the ball early, that the defensive pressure from the interior of the defensive line for the Detroit Lions just had our number. Um, so, you know, my thought is Marvin Harrison Jr., get him and DJ Moore just like – and keep Justin Fields and then get the best – pass rusher available in the first round and then the second or third you get a center because you can get a really good center in the second or third round and then from there pick whatever defensive player Flus wants I don't really care you know shore up the offensive line get fields another weapon I'd love to see Justin Fields one more one more season at least at least that's how I feel about it Flus gets to have a a pick on a defensive player I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> I say I you know. just, <laughs> I just, I Ryan don't know. I, yeah. No, I don't want Flus back. I just feel like the bears are stupid. So they're probably going to bring him back because he builds culture. Right. You know, I just, I don't. can you admit to me that he's not worse than Tressman? He's not worse than Tressman. That's, that's a terrible comp. Terrible. I don't know if I can, my friend. No, I don't think so. I don't think I can. Here's why. Here, here's why. Because Tressman gave the Bears an offense that we had never, ever seen before. Now, the issue, whether it's Tressman or Emery, I don't know why we're talking about this, but going back to that, yeah. you know, 10 years ago was the fact that he saddled an aging defense with a terrible defensive coordinator in Mel Tucker. They could not stop anyone. That offense, he he brought something to that offense that we had never seen. And we were at least having fun with it. He won three games in a row to start the season. He won three games in a goddamn row. He was two and one in 2014 before everything went to shit. Can we you are, Maddie we are do such that? sad Bears fans, aren't we? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, winning and losing wise, it's not close. Eberflus is by far the worst. I, I mean, I just, I mean, just my, the, I, 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 the eye test, that. the eye test. I think that Jack, that's you're, you're asking Fluce all those losses from last year, Ryan. Oh, come man, you, come on. We can already pinning those who, losses on Flus. If a loss isn't on a head coach, who is it on? Well, like, from on. last year, like Brendan from last year, seriously, why, yes. why would, why would he get all those losses from last year? That's crazy. Because talk. he still couldn't manage timeouts last year. And he still has a lot there, of the issues, man. There's, like all of the guys that like they caught are made practice squads or didn't even make practice squads. Guys that started last year for the bears, Roquan gone, Quinn gone, Demo gone. Like no way. No freaking way. Do you pin all of those losses? I'm not pinning all of them, but a lot, you know, like somebody's got to, somebody's got to answer for wins and losses. That was the worst roster they've ever had. Houston Texans. Houston Texans. D'Amico Ryan has that team that, that is devoid of talent minus a a phenomenal quarterback playing like a championship team. Cause that's a good coach right there. They've got QB one. Clear I mean, cut, no doubt. J- Justin Fields played like QB one today and still got the got the L. Has he I though? Mean, uh, Has he played like QB one all of last year? 
no, not all of last year, but the last couple, you know, starts for this season, he's been, he's been pretty good. He also played like absolute dog shit and won a game too. <laughs> True. I, you know, here's the thing. I think we can agree. Mark Dressman was really bad. Matt Nagy was pretty terrible. And Matt Eberflus, Matt, Matt and Eberflus deserves to be in the conversation for, for worst Bears head coach of the last 20 years or more. All I'm saying is I think this, not that it's a contest because everything's just bad, but like this definitely makes Matt Nagy look a lot better. <laughs> I had like, did you throw up in your mouth a little when you said that? A little bit, but yeah. <laughs> I see. I, 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 I think he was, he was as bad as, as we think, Brennan. We just we're looking at it with rose colored glasses because Flus is terrible. So I don't, I don't know. Boys, let's get out of here. We're, we're kind of on a mode where we're not going to kill each other. So let's end things on a positive light. Let's get to shout outs for shout outs. Let's go. Brendan Jack and I will finish it up. Shout outs, boys. Oh, I'm so not prepared. Um, my one shout out goes to uh, my guy, Mike Kula. Celebrated a birthday yesterday. Um, we were actually at Friendsgiving and it was so funny. Somebody, um, his uh, his girlfriend comes out with a cake and starts singing. And I'm just like, who the hell's birthday is this? And like, she slowly makes her way towards Mike. And I was like, I didn't know it was your birthday. Oh my God. Uh, I just felt so stupid. But um, Mike is a uh, really nice guy. I got to know him over the last couple of years. He actually told me, um, I turned him on to the podcast because he's a big Bears fan. And he's like, yeah, I've been listening to the podcast a lot. Really enjoy it. And then he did make a comment and said, I can't believe Jack is so positive all the time. Uh, but that's, you know, that's him. So I was like, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, but it was uh, it was cool to talk with him, see him again. Um, so shout out to him. Happy birthday, man. It was good to see you. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's all I got. I, I don't really have any shout outs. Um, yeah, just... Shout out to all the Bears fans for continuing to watch. Everybody in the chat. The chat's popping today. Um, guys like, you know, Matt Vanderzanen, uh, YGK's been going off, uh, Bruja. I'm, I'm going to miss somebody, so I apologize. But you guys are awesome. We see it. We read it. So uh, thank you. It's it's really fun to, like, you know, have conversations, have you guys react, and also have your own conversations in here. It's It's really cool. I was going to shout those folks out, so I'm glad that you did that because – it is nice to have so much interaction and all the questions that are made or asked. And then some of the comments that we pop up on the screen. I mean, this it's why we do it. We really, I mean, I was thinking this again, on my way home from uh, Connor had his football banquet tonight. And I just thought I freaking love football Sundays. I just love football. And maybe that's why your friend is like, he's so positive. I was just thinking about when it's over, how sad I will be even though I was so heartbroken that the bears won or lost today, I still just think like from the bets to the fantasy, to the, you know, to watching the red zone, to being able to just talk football with all of you. Um, it's really cool. I guess on that note too, that I was just going to give a, a general shout out. I mean, some of you saw that I posted the, the question, you know, regarding, you know, Matt Eberflus and how is it, you know, that he's on the hook for the loss. And I just, I am, incredibly thankful for individuals who are willing to partake in a discussion. You've heard me say this before. I, uh, even on X, you know, I just, if there's trolls or people that are super negative, I don't generally engage. I'm just going to give one piece of brief unsolicited advice. I try not to do this too often because unsolicited advice is not generally welcome. 
But I do think this is an important thing to state to people in general, probably not the folks that are listening, unfortunately, but maybe I'll catch one of you. As an adult, if you disagree with someone, you can choose to take a personal shot at them. You can choose that. But you ought to think about what that says about you, really. Because it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. Or you could choose to engage in adult conversation with people that have mutual respect for one another and just love the Bears. And we all generally hate that they suck this year. So shout out to anybody that's on this long thread of mine on X. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's kind of fun. A lot of great answers to my question. And I appreciate all of you that are willing to engage in this conversation, even though the Bears are terrible and it's easy to like slide into negativity and like take personal shots. Anybody that's just choosing not to do that, thank you for that. I, shout out to you. I know it's general, but honestly, shout out to you. I know that sometimes you guys are like, ah, oh, it's X. I, I'm not calling it that for the same reason I don't call the Sears Tower the Willis Tower, right? Like you can, you can try to change the name anything you want to, but but it's always going to be Twitter. There are always going to be tweets. Um, I've got a bunch of people to shout out. So I know the comment section was, was fantastic. And I know some of those people from high school. So thank you very, very much for hanging out with us. Mike Fitzgerald and the York Dukes made it to the semifinals. They ended up losing to Loyal Academy. Now, Mike Fitzgerald can't say this. And, you know, a lot of people won't say it, but I will say it. The fact that, that, private schools in Illinois get to pull kids from all over the state for anywhere that they want to um, makes it a really unfair thing. And, you know, the fact that, that Fitz made it as far as he did. Uh, I just, I think it's, it's really, really cool. Best of luck to Loyola Academy on, on their way to probably another state winning championship. And I, you know, it's, it's nothing to take away from those kids. Those kids worked really, really, really hard at it, but I just, I just don't think it's fair. Um, and so shout outs to, to those guys, the roar of the lions. Uh, we tried really hard to get us onto their show and them onto our show, but it just didn't work out. Um, just much love for those guys. I love talking football with those guys. They know so much and they're so good. Um, and Michael Halitech has also asked me on his show quite a bit. And so we're very uh, thankful to you. So now, uh, folks, we know I say this every single week, you can get your bears content anywhere, but you've chosen to hang out with Jack Brennan and I, and I know Logan appreciates it and shells appreciates it but they're not here um folks you can help us out you can share this podcast with a friend uh you can you know let me just say this like that really would help us out because all of us are really busy with other things in our lives and promoting the podcast really gets put on the back burner so hitting us with a five-star review sharing it with a friend, um, telling somebody about it, just whatever you can to, to spread the word of the Bear Down Chicago podcast would mean more than any of us can say. So for all of us here, so that's Brendan, that's Logan, that's Jack, that's Sheldon. Did I get everybody this time, Brendan? Did I want to be, leave anybody out? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, have a fantastic, wonderful evening. We look forward to talking to you soon. And as always, Bear Down Chicago.